Less than half of students are regularly attending school. The latest truancy data shows regular attendance in Term 1 dropped to just 46%. It's down on 72.8% in 2019, 50.5% in 2020. National's education spokesperson Erica Stanford says it's not a social failure solely, but a future economic crisis. And Erica Stanford joins me now. Very good morning to you. Good morning. There's numbers and numbers, though, aren't there? Because a lot of these uh, non-attendees aren't truants. They're just isolating at home. Well, that's actually not the case. There is a special code for kids who are isolating at home. It's code F, and it means they are learning remotely. So anyone who's isolating with a family member who's sick or isolating because of COVID is not included in the truancy data. So what is included in the truancy data are kids who are actually sick. And so that's, we always knew that there was going to be an increase in fluency uh, data because of the fact that yeah. sickness is included. But what we do know is that the increase between Term 4 and Term 1, only half of that increase is driven by sickness. The rest of it uh, is the unjustified stuff. So yes, some, some sickness, but there is a whole lot of kids who are, attending, are not attending for other reasons. Uh, I've had a number of texters say they their kids do not like the masks and when the schools have mandated masks, they don't want to go, rather learn at home. Yeah, look, that, there's, that's part of the problem and it's a multifaceted problem. But I guess that the issue for us um, is that, A, we don't get the data in real time. We're just starting mm. term three and we're only getting term one data. Yeah. It's not the number one priority of the minister or the ministry. Uh, no one at the ministry is directly employed to reduce truancy and would be you know, responsible for it. And actually, the most shocking thing of all is when we ask Dantonetti and the Ministry of Education, how many truancy officers are there out there who are employed to do this work? They don't know. So right. they are you know, changing how the, the truancy uh, services uh, you know, is funded. They're doing all these you know, actions, and, and, you know, but they actually don't know how many truancy officers are out there. And when I'm travelling around the country, the number one thing that schools say to me is, Currency officers are overworked and we just can't get them to, to, to take up um, our cases. Well, you would imagine that would be so, given the numbers have increased exponentially and we can't hire anybody for anything in any field at the moment. But, I mean, how many are hardcore truants in the old-fashioned sense of the word, where they have parents who don't really care where they are, they don't try and get them into school, that if they won't go to school, they don't try and teach them from home? How many of those are we talking about? Well, that's what, what I would look at as the, the chronically truant. And it's not only driven by parents who aren't particularly bothered where their kids are. It's, you know, there's a number of factors in it. But what we, what we do know, and this is the most shocking numbers, that in Term 1, 102,000 children were chronically truant, which means attending school less than 70% of the time. Now, that's up from about 69,000 in Term 4. So that is a massive increase mm. in just one term. I mean, that number was about 38,000 in 2017. So you can see a, a, a massive increase in these kids who are only attending school, you know, well, they're missing one in three days, basically. And mm. that is going to have huge impacts on them um, and, and their educational outcomes. And as you mentioned in, in your intro, I mean, New Zealand's sort of economic future relies on us having well-educated population. Um, and, you know, there is a future crisis coming. Oh, there is. Absolutely. It's not just the waste of human potential, but it's 
you know, as we've seen when we try to rely on New Zealanders to fill vacancies, that doesn't work and it's only going to get worse. What I'm really worried about as well is that if you delve into the statistics, you know, it is our most vulnerable kids who are overrepresented in this data. Only 25% of decile one kids are attending school regularly. So only a quarter. And 33% of them are chronically front. You know, and, and the same goes for our Māori and Pacifica learners. I mean, our, our, our Māori students make up of that chronically truant figure 40%. Uh, and Pacific numbers have jumped as well. They went from 11,000 children chronically truant to 25,000 in one term. So when you take a sort of a step back and you look at who are the most affected, it is our low decile, our Māori and Pacifica students that we are failing uh, because there's no urgency and there's no plan to get these kids back to school. But surely that must be driven by parents. I mean, if I'm living a hopeless life, I want my child to live a better one. That is traditionally true of lower socioeconomic families going back 100 years when when free education was made available in countries. You want your kids to do better than you. Yeah, and that just, there is part of it is driven by that seems to be missing. And in fact, I was just having a conversation with a colleague who said, you know, we used to have a compulsory uh, education you know, system and it now seems to be voluntary. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of years of disruptions, but there have never really been a line drawn to, right, we are now back to school. We expect all students to be back to school. There is no more online learning. This is it. And we've sort of, you know, weaved our way into this uh, situation where parents are used to not having to send their kids to school. It's become a habit. And if, you know, so-and-so wakes up or little Johnny wakes up not feeling 100% today, well, there's an excuse, you know, that they're not feeling 100% or, oh, well, you know, there's still this COVID excuse. But really, we know the data is very, very clear. For every half-day miss, there is a direct correlation with a reduction in achievement uh, and a direct correlation when they're older and, and reduction of number of credits that they achieve under NCEA. So we are failing generations of kids by not making sure that they are attending school regularly. But even if they attend school, what is the point when kids get accelerated up, or not accelerated, but they get moved up through the ranks to arrive at high school completely illiterate and innumerate? What is the point? Why would you go to school and feel like an idiot mm. when you could oh. ram raid a store and get your two seconds on TikTok? Right, and so I think some of the the latest pilots that they've done around literacy and numeracy testing in high schools are showing that you know only a third of those kids would have passed literacy and numeracy tests in order to gain NCEA. So we've got a system-wide problem where we really need to start looking right back at the beginning, and I'm talking yeah. ECU, yeah. Early, early childhood and primary school. How do we improve literacy and numeracy? And this is an urgent problem. Uh, it's not something I think is going to take years and years to get in place. It's something that can be in place pretty quickly. We're talking about uh, you know, how we're training our teachers, the curriculum, making it more prescriptive, um, but also the way that we teach reading and math in this country um, has got to change. Well, it really, but I mean, it has to be tomorrow because yep. we all know who we end up in prison. You know, it's going to take. I don't know how many kids you can say you can save when they're functionally illiterate and and have no support from family? No, we know by the prison population mm. that the figures of those who are illiterate and numerate is massively overrepresented. Mm. So we, we do know that your life outcomes are not what they would be if you, if you know, had good literacy and numeracy skills. And the thing that worries me is that that co-requisite exam that they trialled last year in numeracy and literacy that they've now 
delayed by a year. Um, wasn't particularly difficult for the math part, for example. It wasn't a whole lot of algebraic formulations. It was uh, calculations. It was basically, you know, if you buy a kilo of mints and it's $20, how much is 600 grams? It was yeah. everyday life. How do you function in society math? And it was the same with reading as well. It was very much around how do you read social media messages and the like. It was very, how do you live? And, you know, and only a third of the kids would have passed um, that prerequisite. And that's really, really worrying. And, and it is, as I said earlier, it is our, our low decile and our Māori and Pacific learners that we are letting down. Um, and it's got to change. Otherwise, as I said, there will be this wave of, of, of children in the future that aren't able to, uh, you know, to, to live their best lives and achieve what they need to achieve in life. Oh, the waste of human potential is just sickening. Erica, thank you. Erica Stanford, Nationals Education Spokesperson, talking about less than half of students are regularly attending school. Regular attendance in Term 1 dropped to just 46%. That is a damning, damning indictment on families, communities, this country.